Welcome to the Open Hearted Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Open Hearted Podcast. I'm your host, Will Wheeler, joined with my main man, Photon John. What's going on, brother? Oh, you know, just getting ready for uh, Friday beers. Friday beers, where are they happening? Crazy afternoon. I'm going to go back up to that uh, tribe clubhouse, that social community uh, organization. Oh, cool. Oh, so you're going back up to Redcliffe? Just for tonight, yeah. Yeah, cool. I see you got one of your band caps on, mate. I do, yeah. <laughs> oh, representing, hey? How do you get yeah. your hands on one of those? Uh, you just go to gutterfire.com and order one. Gutterfire.com right there. <laughs> See, do you like how I added that in, mate? <clears throat> that was nice. Thank you. You know what I mean? I'm all yeah. about giving, man. I'm all about giving. But I tell you what, um, we should talk about all about giving. We should get our guest up on stage today. Let's get him up all the way from the United States. Mm-hmm. Got my main man, Carlos Frank Rodriguez. What's going on, brother? Good. Thank you. Thank you. Man, what, sorry, what part of the United States do you come from? I was born in San Diego, so West Coast, down in California. Yep. But uh, yep. I would grow up in uh, Colorado. So right uh, now Colorado. I'm pulling in from, yep, right, all right, almost, you know, kind of in the middle of West. So uh, Denver, Colorado is where I'm pulling out of. So do you follow, do you like follow the football and all that? Like the college football? What type of football? Like, uh, so like uh, the American football, the NFL. No, no, I I don't at all. Uh, Okay, that's okay. It's just reason why I I sort of like follow a little bit of like the college football and there's been a big hoo-ha about the new Colorado University coach. I think his name's Deion Sanders or something Well, that's different. I like Deion Sanders. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. He seems like he seems like a mad dude, eh? He's like yeah, he's, uh, he is like the rock star of coaches. I grew up with him, yeah. So I, I guess if if I have tuned into football lately, it's it's to catch his uh, a very inspirational guy. He's come a long ways. Yeah, he has, and it's interesting watching his kids grow up because he's coaching his kids, and they're pretty awesome as well. And I didn't realize because I've only just sort of learned a little bit about him. He was an NFL player and American Major League Baseballer. Yeah, that's right. I think he was um, a dual. He may have even been one of those triple triple threats. Um, and yeah, he, he out of out of college. So um, wow, crazy, crazy, crazy. But I tell you what, man, we should get stuck into this. I tell you what, we've got some, and even before you, before we sort of got the show started, all of that type of stuff. Um, you know, you're talking about some really awesome stuff. But what we'll do, I'll just introduce the show first. Whoops, I just pressed something that I shouldn't have. Um, okay, so what we're going to be covering today is acquired neurodiversity from my time in the armed services. So awesome stuff there. But before we get into that, what we'll do, we'll just quickly do a bit of a shout out to anyone listening today. So if you are listening, please feel free to follow, subscribe and like all of our social media platforms. You can check us out on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which is now X. I'm really good at, I'm still sort of tossing up if I should change it, just leave it like that. Uh, We've got Twitch, YouTube, also live on LinkedIn. And if you haven't already done so, please check out the Open Hearted Society uh, website and please subscribe to our mailing list there. Photon John, you ready to rock and roll, my man? I am ready. Also, too, if there are any questions, please feel free to come through and we will use them to, I suppose, share within the show here. So, Carlos, my man, you know, you've got such an awesome story. Tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. Yeah, I mean, I. Thank you for that. <laughs> Hope I don't let you down. Uh, I, <laughs> no, uh, man, you won't let us down. I can show you of that. Yeah. I um, I was born um, second of six. Um, I, I was. Uh, I'm a veteran. I was in the military for uh, a decade. 
um, stayed in that kind of community uh, for another kind of three years, and, and, and then I would get out. Um, I think, you know, just touch on on who I am as a from a family perspective. Um, second of six, followed my older brother into the service. Um, back then, there was a good deal for, you know, you, you, you put some time in, you can go to school for free. That's what I was chasing. Um, I thought I went in for, signed up for four and found out in year five, I had signed up for six. Um, so uh, it uh, was able to get my education out of it. Um, in, in retrospect, it was, it was a good time. I have, have nothing bad to say about my time in service and if pressed, uh, I would do it again. And uh, fast forward to, to now and, and me being up on, on this show, it's um, new perspectives, I think, is as I would come out of service. You know, initially I did quite well. Um, and I think as I look back, I, I had road um, kind of smothered my, you know, we'll call them failures with accolades. And uh, after service, you know, I did two, three years of, of looking real good and um, I picked up some acronyms and, and one of them would be ADHD. Mm, and nice, that, nice. that really like we were covering, got me tuned on to you guys as I was trying to figure out what that yeah. means. Cool. Hey, just out of curiosity, so, you know, you spoke about education, especially in the military and all that. Is that a common thing for a lot of people who to go to the military so they can get educated in a certain field or stuff like that over in the United States? A huge, huge. Um, yeah. I can remember, you know, the recruiters uh, coming around uh, the high schools and whatnot and, and really getting in your uh, – getting on your beeper back then and uh, mm. wanting to talk to you. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it, it was a path. It was an opportunity. Um, I think if you look back at that time though, uh, we had been at, at kind of a peacetime for, I think, you know, relatively 30 years. And so people were, you know, snatching that up, you know, mm. staying in the guard or doing four years and really coming out ahead. And um, I would go in <clears throat> at 2002 mm of November. So I was in kind of my basic training when, when the war with Iraq kicked off. So essentially my, most of my entire adult life was uh, spent in a wartime posture. Mm, crazy, crazy. See, I suppose if we're comparing it to say Australia, where we're from, it, it's so different like that. It's not, it seems like it's a lot heavier, like it, so that I think that what I'm sort of getting at is in um, the United States, there's probably a bigger push to get more people into the into the services than say here in Australia type of thing. So it's actually interesting to hear what it is like over there in regards to that. Well, yes, we were fighting two simultaneous wars at, at one time, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, Iraq and Afghanistan. And so there were some peak years where we really surged up and, you know, people had to answer the call. Mm. Out of curiosity, and this is sort of going off topic a little bit, so when did you actually start? So did you say you got into, you started in the military in 2002? Correct. Uh, so I would be, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm 44 right now. So I, I after high school, I worked construction as a, a trades apprentice for, for three years, three and a half, four years, you know, four years, and then um, went to follow my brother into service, my older brother. Mm-hmm. So did September the 11th really change things for you guys? Um, was that sort of like, man, what the hell's going on here? Because like you are saying, before that, it was a very quiet type of time type of thing. No. I mean, I didn't join for, for, for 9-11. Um, mm. I don't think that uh, what was that like, uh, you know, some people, I mean, that's exactly why they, they dropped everything to answer that call. Mm. I think for me, it was uh, inspired by my older brother. I mean, he, mm. he joined the, the Navy and then he would go on to, you know, from, from corpsman to becoming a, a Navy doc. And, and so I think it was, he was joined about three years ahead of me and seeing him come around and, you know, he looked sharp. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Man, oh, 
Interesting stuff. So, you know, like you're talking about before, you're talking, you touch base a little bit on your ADHD. So in terms of your neurodivergence, uh, neurodivergence, what is your diagnosis? You know, you, because I know before we sort of caught up, you told me a little bit about your ADHD, how you got diagnosed, I think recently, and you've also acquired some stuff as well, I believe. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, I think the choir <laughs> that we're talking about would be the uh, initials of um, PTSD, mm-hmm. um, a TBI, and mm-hmm. and so I acquired those officially in in 2018. In 2019, um, I would get diagnosed with with ADHD, mm-hmm. and and so that's where we kind of sit right now. And 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 I've done a lot of work, kind of mental health advocacy. Uh, following kind of the examples of people like you, but also military leaders that are speaking up. Mm. Um, the ADHD is what gave me hope. Mm. I couldn't understand those nasty acronyms of, of the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ADHD made sense. It, I can look back and understand how I could, you know, be so, you know, uh, excellent in some areas and then you know kind of make a it, it defined me from a young age yeah we, so, we talk a lot we talk a lot about um when we talk about you know initial diagnosis with people about it's that puzzle piece finally slotting into place and everything starting to make sense yeah yeah it, it, uh, and so yeah it's it's relatively still a little bit new i think in the beginning they were treating the the uh the ptsd and the tbi you know and, and we've learned a lot you know i think when when Initially, you know, and a lot of us vets aren't proactive in Mm -hmm. mental health. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I look great on paper, but there was in 2016, um, I, you know, I I had some mental health issues and got caught up in the alcohol for, you know, a good stint, you know, 11 months, what have you. And, And so I was getting treated for that. And I think even the way I was treated for that, um, it was wrong from an ADHD mind, right? They, they look at this, oh, we got a combat vet, some alcohol abuse, let's give him this treatment. And it was almost like a flashback to, you know, grade school and whatnot. And so it wasn't until a couple of years later that I, I took some things into my own hand. I got my own, pick, you know, got different therapists. And I think from almost hello, he was asking me if I had ADHD. And I said, I mean, I've got some other issues. You know? and, yeah, crazy. <laughs> So finally, I, I relented, I think, and, and when it got tested for the ADHD and it came back with, with flying colors, and I said, that's really when some, um, some breakthroughs started to happen on all fronts. And, you know, we're treating all three be treated different. Mm. Um, they all kind of present the same <clears throat> if left untreated, but uh, I've got a good team around me now of, of, of professionals. Yeah, great. Because, you know, I think the biggest thing for myself, uh, especially getting diagnosed, like I was only diagnosed with my ADHD last year. And I, you know, for a long time thought I was just dyslexic. Um, But it just starts, and like uh, Kev said before, with um, it starts, you start to have those puzzle pieces that start to connect together. And you're like, Oh my God, that's why I get so frustrated when I'm at the shopping mm-hmm. center and there's a big line, or I get frustrated doing this, or I'm struggling with depression now. Or, like you were talking about before, yeah, I can now see why I went down the track with substance abuse. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you need to find that escape. And I think we've got a good little uh, sample group here because, you know, it's quite a common thing we've talked about as well. Um, uh, people who were missed when we were younger because the diagnosis wasn't as good getting diagnosed later in life because um, we're all recent ADHD diagnoses. Because so. what was it like for you when you were younger, Carlos, especially being undiagnosed, school? Like what, what was that all like for you? Yeah, I mean, these are all, you know, kind of relatively new reflections. And so as I, as I look back, I could say, and one of the things I'll credit my my mother with is we didn't, you know, there was no TV in the house growing up. And, and you know, I don't want to say she made us read, but, you know, we, we loved reading from a young age. You know, I have some voracious reader. And so, you know, from an ADHD mind, it's, you know, it's a lot of discipline. And so there was a lot of discipline kind of growing up. I would test into 
say gifted and talented for, for reading, but I couldn't, you know, pass a math test. So I knew I wasn't Harvard bound by fifth grade mm-hmm. and um, always high energy, uh, you know, and, and staying, you know, a bit rambunctious sports and whatnot. And, and I will say, you know, I, I knew by fifth grade that that math wasn't going to be my, my strong point, but in eighth grade, uh, there's probably only one teacher that uh, stands out uh that I can, I can name and, you know, kind of miss Holly Cross. And then she was a math teacher and I would get an A in her class. But every, every time I had her class right in the middle of it, she'd tell me, get up and go get a drink of water. <laughs> and so she saw it. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that little outlet right there, um, you know, surprised me that I got an A in her class. And, you know, I don't say that I paid any more attention other than, you know, I'd take 15 minutes out of a 45 minute class and go figure it out. But you know what? I, I reckon that you probably deserve that A. You probably it's not like she just gave you an A because she wanted to give you an A. I think she probably knew how to get the best out of you, especially one telling you to go get a drink of water halfway through class. She knows that your mind is everywhere by then and you need a small break. Do you it, know what I mean? Yes. I mean that that is it, is uh and so from from then on, probably it wasn't like, um, you know, when forced to apply myself when it came to, to math and, you know, I would, would, you know, kind of spend most of my career in the engineering field, I could do it. Mm. But but as, as I got older, it would be this put this back against my back against the wall, mm. uh, study like hell around the clock, act like it was nonchalant, not all that hard. And um, I think. Um, you know, kind of growing up, I can say right now, naturally, I'm an introvert, but uh, I, I learned from a young age, a smile and, and a little bit of charisma can get me a second chance. Mm. And and that's what uh, I feel really got me through um, a mm. lot of this, you know, kind of uh, yeah. life. So, yeah, I always said what I what I lacked in, in intellect. Um, I realized I can outwork a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you heard much? Have you read much yet uh, um, in what you're learning about uh, the masking side of things? Yeah, it's kind of and scary. How, you know, the sort of smiling and being charming works, but it can that can tie you out as well. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I would I could work a crowd. Yeah. Back in the day, and I still can now. I think when when I'm motivated to, but I, I feel. And and I went through something pretty traumatic, right? I mean, when I I don't want to over gloss. And I want to kind of dwell here for a little bit. Um, I was a high performer. Um, and, and, you know, when I got out, I had a nice kind of name brand corporate job, uh, making, you know, corporate money. And I had accomplished uh, up to a master's degree level, was, was teaching as an adjunct professor. And, um, you know, it, it almost happened overnight. Uh, I could say in retrospect, retrospect, the red flags were there, but a glass of wine really went up to, you know, um, you know, we're having dinner, she's going to bed, and I'm polishing off another, you know, the rest of the bottle and a couple of shooters, and, and that just progressed. Mm-hmm. It got out of hand. And, and it's um, so easy to get into that pattern as well. Do you know what I mean? Because I think, and I've spoken about this with many people, with alcohol, for example, you can easily just go down to the shop and go buy some. You're not doing anything wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's the military. It was... Um, I don't want to say it was condoned, but it's it's part of the lifestyle, right? I mean, we worked mm. hard and, and we partied hard. And um, also at, at that time, I even when I got out of the military, I still really stayed in that environment for, for another three years. And then, you know, I would kind of go cold turkey and move from the D.C. area out west and, and you know, just kind of done with it. And I had been fortunate to grow up underneath the same mentors, same kind of shop and not inside your a typical military maybe uh, unit, if you will, didn't, didn't, you know, kind of wear uniforms that much and whatnot. And so I had a civilian boss that really um, you know, piled the work on me and uh, I, I really grew underneath him and um, was, was able to, I mean, I, that in itself is, it says a lot to, you know, how is my path, you know, I was able to, to kind of create with good mentors that, you know, a, a good path forward. And so mm-hmm. growing up in that and, and as he, you know, and, and I would advance in levels of responsibility, um, I didn't realize 
how much perhaps some non-normal things have become normalized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up in an engineering unit, if you will, I, I didn't think I was, you know, uh, I, I could say that I'm just realizing there's a level of intellect that's maybe come through a lot of failure that that's why people took a shine to me mm. uh, and really, you know, kind of didn't give me anything, but allowed me to earn a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. 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 Out of curiosity now, you know, we, you've, you've shared some really interesting stuff, but you know, it'd be really interesting to just hear a little bit about your service, you know, and I think this is coming from us as people who have never been in the army or, the military um so you know it'd be interesting it'd be interesting to sort of hear like how do we go into that a little bit um later kev i think just in regards to your diagnose well you didn't know you were diagnosed when you first got into into service right you didn't know you you weren't um you weren't allowed to to join if you had um adhd and oh, so if we go man. back to kind of what, what kept me um, kind of going forward, you know, I started boxing, you know, at a young age. And so I was always really burning a lot of energy off all through my service. You know, I was, you know, get up early, run. Um, I always stayed, my mind stayed busy, you know, back mm-hmm. then, you know, frequent deployments, frequent travels. Um, and, and to go back to kind of my service on, on that as well is I wasn't, uh, I'm a data nerd, right? I mean, I've seen how technology changed war from the first time I would go in, in 2006 to Iraq. And then, you know, in, in 2006 to, to Iraq, so I'm a comms guy, you know, my, mm-hmm. my job, my specialty was installing uh, fiber optics, copper cables. And then as, you know, kind of the war progressed, um, I was one of a kind of a smaller group that, you know, could install cell towers. And so as the war changed to where we were installing a lot of towers and antennas to collect, um, signals. Um, mm. That that was my specialty, and so um, I would get deployed a lot to um, support these small specialized teams and and giving them some real time communication access. Mm. So you know, if you look at it, you can say the military is about a decade ahead of industry when it comes to tech, mm. and industry is about a decade ahead of of government. So a lot yeah. of this stuff, you know, AI and it's not You really were dealing with it ages ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, I think the, the military really pioneered a lot. And um, you can look at, you know, what I was going to say in, in 2006 when I, when I went uh, to Iraq, I was still waiting in line for, you know, two 15-minute calls home a week and, and you got to call a base and the base patches you in and you kind of get in mm-hmm. through that way. By 2009, when I went back to Afghanistan, I think it was Skype was the big uh, thing. Yeah. 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 So yep. Now you got real time feeds. Mm-hmm. So think about what that meant from a kind of a decentralized decision-making process. Um, I would stand up, uh, I would lead a team to stand up uh, General McChrystal's uh, three-star command uh, center, which was like the hub, if you think about it, that connected uh, all of the Afghanistan uh, theater in communications. So we would, you know, kind of do some work on, on the fiber optics. And then, you know, my specialty was, was maintaining real-time communications. So you were the one who actually made all that happen, really? Well, yeah, it was part of... Uh, uh, part of what you did, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can tell you I can... Install a tower under any type of pressure. Well, yeah. So, well, so I'm assuming you know you're in a war zone. Um, they're probably, and you know, I would have assumed that your adrenaline would have been pumping pretty hardcore in some of those situations too. Yeah. Um, and I, this may go to the ADHD mind too, right? So, there's a lot of things that I can remember where, like, my first incoming mortar attack, adrenaline pumping, and then, you know, say I've, I've sat through, you know, five, 600 of them, you know, it, it, it wow. had to become aware of them. And so, you know, I was also a driver in, in 2009, you know, so leaving the, the safety of the base, white knuckles. But then after that, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's just I would get very calm and, and more uh, in, in a zone type 
I collected. My job wasn't being a, a trigger puller, right? Mm. I needed to make sure that calm stayed up. Mm. So I knew my my role. So it's it's um, I would go back, you know, kind of four times. And so after the first time, you know, you, you, when you go back, it uh, it I wouldn't say that. No, I mean I wouldn't say there was a healthy level of being afraid. And um, you know when. You know, some of these towers we install would be on kind of the front lines. If you can think about it, you got your big base where the airplanes are flying in. Mm. War is war. Anybody who's, who's been into a war theater is going to be impacted and think a little bit differently. Mm. But the further you go out from the sanctuary, the big bases, then you go into you know kind of forward operating bases and they get smaller and smaller. And then you got camps and cobs and, you know, they just get, you know, you're more out there by yourself. And um it would be installing some of these towers you know, on the front lines um, that I think seasoned me into a level of calm. Uh, also, too, I would have assumed that, you know, by taking out one of those towers, that could be a big advantage to your enemy. So in a way, you're a high potential target right there as well, right? Yeah, that was one time... Um, Choppered in with a couple guys to install a, a tower, and um, you know I would usually not wear kind of a uniform, so I would chopper in and give a piece of paper to somebody, and they tell me where to go. And you know, and I had brought two young lads with me to do most of the, the work, but uh, the morning after we touched down. They had, you know, were firing some mortars, and I think that some snipers had been um, poking around, if you will. So I wouldn't let them climb it. And so I installed that thing, you know, kind of stick by stick, uh, for the most part, myself, um, just because of, I think that's the military mindset. You know, if if somebody's going to go forward, it needs to be, you know, kind of. The leader type, like leadership type of stuff, right? Yeah, so I think it was, uh, you know, they did their fair share of work, you know, putting the mm. things together and, you know, we call it working ground crew. Mm. But um, it was things like that. I remember, like, hey, this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's been the- <laughs> you got you to gotta focus, right? You can't, yeah, you know, we, totally. say we, were, we were sniper snacks. Yeah, crazy. Sniper snacks, well. Yeah, like, mm. I just couldn't even imagine that, you know, and... It's just crazy. So, you know, you've said a little bit about the service, but, you know, and I, I suppose we're getting a little bit off track here, but I think it's really important. What is war like? You know, like, obviously you were talking about there's probably people, maybe mates of yours are being killed around you. How do you deal with that? You know, that is a lot to take on. Um, and then just be able to move forward and go, okay, I've still got a job to do and won't move forward. How does that work? What does that do to you? Yeah, I saw when you put that question there, um, I've never been asked that before. And um, I could say also, you know, going you know, back to you know, my upbringing and you know, a lot of the books that I read were on history and kind of, you know, war. So, you know, war is not new. Um, you know, this, this was it's not going to be our last one. So anybody who has been to war thinks about it a little bit differently, you know, kind of after they've been there. And so I've had, uh, you know, I've seen some of the worst of of what war does, you know, from um, different, you know, friends dying. You know, Sergeant Christosimos would would die in 2009, um, dear friend of mine. And... uh, I remember back then that the day it happened, and, and he would he would die through uh, by way of uh, uh, what we call V bits. Uh, the 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 Taliban were putting uh, bombs in, in taxis, and this was uh, my first Afghan tour in, in two thousand nine in, in Kabul, and and they were um, running them into the taxis. And so I remember the day it happened. Um, it hurt, but I was driving out the next day, kind of with my team. So I remember journaling, writing down, you know, kind of raw thoughts and, and saying, you know, 
this is gonna this is gonna mess me up at some point in my life and then you know kind of shouldering on um i think a couple months later in theater uh, i did break down but then kind of buttoned it up and never really addressed it until like i said i went through some issues with um, kind of the alcohol abuse that had never presented before in, in my career so why then and, and that's where i say a lot of the analysis and, and looking inward um i didn't deal with it right still learning how to deal with it and, and a lot of it is just uh, talking about it it's, it's not um kind of war it's 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 you have to talk about it and that goes into at least here in america a bit of a culture clash of you know it's it's easy for for veterans to feel that, that uh for 20 years, not a whole lot of people knew what was going on. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm vocal about it because I have to be. And would it, would it be correct? Sorry, you finished. Uh, would, it, would it be correct that you, you kind of can't process it while you're still there? You kind of have to process it afterwards? Or? I don't know how, right? Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't have my first mental health um discussion you know and, and you know i operated in, in the intel community for most of my career and you know kind of scary clearance and everything that comes with that i didn't have my first mental health discussion until i was probably 35 36. Mm-hmm. by then it was retroactive and um you know and, and i don't know what you know i mean in, in that lifestyle i was squared away and um and i excelled and, and you know and, and but when it hit and and the transition period uh, from military service of being all in, you know, always kind of ready to go to, to not, um, I wish there, and, and there, it's, it's getting better now, but um, it, there wasn't a whole lot back then. And it was new, right? I mean, we've got to realize that this is unprecedented. That America was at war for 20 years with an all professional military. Mm. So you look at it's not just trauma. I would say from from the war, from PTSD from the war, it's you really got to look, take a hard look back at, at your life. And, and a lot of times, it's easy to to stop at the war and mm. say I'm not going past that. And I think you know it's it's that's why I say ADHD was a blessing in mm. allowing me to. It's been five years, right? 2016 is when I put a pin in the map and saying. It was a meltdown here, right? There was there was a moment where I didn't want to stick around when I couldn't figure it out, when when I wasn't effective, and and there was no solution. Um, you know, there was a suicide attempt, and, and so mm-hmm. that's why you see on, on LinkedIn, I'm very vocal there, you know, um, because I'm not the only one, and and for every veteran you see talking about it, <clears throat> there's scores. In both America and Australia, UK, you know, a warrior's a warrior. I think that that don't talk about it, you know, for various reasons. Whatever the reason, that doesn't matter. Um, but you know, it is people that encourage me to talk about it, and and you know, I'm just kind of paying it forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just thinking about when you're talking there, like, also too, it would like you've obviously just. Um, I'm thinking about you know going to on service, and sorry, I've got something coming through on my phone. Sorry, um, what would, what is it like coming back? Because it would feel like you're coming back. You've just lived this whole huge experience, and then people are probably still the same, doing the same thing. Is that a weird experience as well? So, in, in retrospect. Um... You know, I, I remember coming back from the the Afghan 2009 tour, which I would say, you know, was probably my most horrific. And um, I came back, you know, timing wasn't coordinated. And so you, you really, on, on your way back, um, kind of waiting around for a, a, um, a bird to catch you, you know, back from Afghanistan to Uzbekistan to, you know, where, wherever, you know, Back, back on home, it's it's a multi-leg, multi-day trip. And when you finally get home, you're tired. I remember um, flying into Baltimore, and, and that's where I was living. You know, we called it the Freedom Bird, taking Freedom Bird back into Baltimore. 
A bird's a plane, right? That's a plane, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool, good. So, yeah, I I get in, and it's late in the evening. I'm in my uniform. I got my duffel bag, you know, and, and, you know, you kind of, you know, just me, no dog, no nothing back then. And you kind of open that door, and nine months worth of, of silk built up, and you go to sleep, and, you know, and, and you go back to work, and wow. it's kind of normal. And wow. It's not, right? I think that mm. was, um, and, you know, different units. And like I said, I wasn't in, involved in um, your typical military unit. So I would, you know, kind of report back to my civilian led shop. And um, I didn't think anything was different back then. I was a hard charger, right? He was always, mm. you know, going to school or looking for, you know, something to stay busy again, you know fighting two kind of wars at the same time in 2009 i was getting ready to go back to 2010 mm. crazy i don't know if it was if i've misread read something but were you was there something that you were in an accident or something while you're in, in service roadside bomb or something or if i read something completely different no no um that was the signature one so um there was uh an incident where they um, uh, they ran one into the front gate of ISAF headquarters, and so um, uh, that one was was one where you know it, it was a blast that kind of knocked me down. But you don't, you know, when you see you know what that the destruction, the physical destruction that that bomb did, uh, verse you know. A non-visible but that was one of the ones that uh, we equated to tbi and um back then and at that time sorry can i ask what did you say tbi is it TBI? traumatic, traumatic brain injury so, oh okay yeah 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 yeah. so and that's something that was the signature weapon mm. of the um of the wars mm. and so those things you know you get jarred real quick and your your you know your brain goes back you know rough you know it, it rattles the brain and a lot of studies are mm. happening now, um, but it presents years later um, with the same uh, emotional effects and and you know maybe agitation and stuff as as PTSD. So are you referring to that as say like a lot of the head injuries say that like a football players or professional sports people are getting? Yes. So um, football players, um, they the only, I think, research that had been done on it prior to, I think, you know, don't quote me on this, this isn't my level of expertise, but I think in 2006, seven, they really started saying, all right, this is, you know, probably going to have some ramifications later on. Mm. Um, I want to say it's probably not until the last decade that they've really been able to take a hard look at it and say, hey, you know, um, and, and interestingly enough, I'm seeing, I'm hearing that ADHD is manifesting from TBI's late stage. I've actually heard, and I can't, I'm not confirming that, but I have heard something similar because I've had people who have even had strokes and stuff like that who have had some form of ADHD has sort of come up. But I don't know. That's just secondhand information. I don't know if that's correct. I think what's what's, for me, the takeaway from my time in service and where I'm at now and, and kind of what I've gone through, we all process it differently, is you got to be open, you know, to, to understanding, you know, that, you know, when I didn't, I was shocked when I was told I had PTSD and I didn't, mm-hmm. pres- I didn't wake up screaming. I didn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of the, what we I mean, had maybe equated to it. And I think as a military mindset, you know, there's always always somebody that was downrange a little bit further than you. Mm. And so um, you never really label yourself with it until someone else is telling you you have it. And um, you leave the VA with that little script of paper saying you got it. And you think, now what? It's kind of the, mm. the scarlet letter. Mm. And um, even when I got it, I didn't really tell a whole lot of people. I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. with it <laughs> you know and so that's why i say is um i went through and was checking all the boxes i mean if there's anything with an adhd mind i knew how to check boxes mm-hmm. and so i was going through all of that but it was um 
kind of an empty filling. And so mm. when um, ADHD, kind of that diagnosis came in, I said, aha, if I put the work in, I could figure all this out. Mm. And, and, you know, that's why I said it's kind of sparked hope. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that it's, it's interesting how I suppose certain things that can happen in life can, you know, it, 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 as, as weird as this sounds, can sometimes be for the best. If that makes sense, sometimes we go through something really bad, but then you look at it and go, man, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be at this level now or doing this or or whatever that is, if that makes sense. I never thought anything in my service was, was bad, right? I mean, it's, mm. again, it's it's a mindset. We're mm. a, a nation at war for 20 years, highly trained, kind of, you know, one-dimensional thinking. Mm. And um, it, if anything, the ADHD propelled me. It, it allowed me to, you know, lack inhibitions, you know, not really regard risk consequences. And um, I can look back and say it got me, it allowed me to take things in differently from a nonlinear perspective. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to, um, I didn't know what depression was back then. I knew what anxiety was, but it kept me sharp. And so when I transitioned out and I didn't have an outlet for the anxiety and, you know, at, at, you know, you're drinking a little bit more. So guess what I'm not doing? I'm not running in the morning, you know? Mm. And, and so um, it's, it's where I was, you know, I, I didn't know uh, alcohol and depression were kind of twisted presence. Mm. So I, I really learned a lot off of um, mental health. And, and, you know, I, I can say relative to what, it used to be. I don't. Anxiety is not a problem for me. Mm. I suppose depression. it would. It would a little bit be um, the conversation as well, because I, I remember seeing on TV shows even as early as the, as late as the you know, sort of early two thousands, um, people debating on panels and stuff whether or not depression existed. I think we've we've made leaps and bounds, and you know, since I think around your time in the service to now. Yeah, I mean, I had to accept. So I can say right now in, in my life, anxiety is not impacting me but you know i've had to accept you know and and identify what depression is and you know and and that's where a lot of you know taking the time to to work through this and and you know for many of us it's who wants to sit there and and talk about depression and and how it impacts our life especially when you know it's kind of counterproductive to what you had been doing or maybe not you know in in alignment but by accepting it, understanding that it's there, and and really going back to the basics: sleep, diet, um, you know, kind of surrounding yourself with, with good people. You know, it, it'll pass. Mm-hmm. It was in that moment where I didn't know what it was. Um, I remember googling, you know, this feeling I was going through, and um, and I didn't have social media or any of that jazz. And coming across TEDx, and I didn't know what TEDx was. And um, there was a couple of, of uh, one of them was an Australian mate, a guy named Ash Judd. Mm-hmm. And um, another one was uh, an American Marine, uh, Thomas Burke. And, and they were talking about their time. Well, Thomas Burke in, in his thing, I think, was PTSD and returning to the classroom or something like that. And he was describing you know, the kind of the same time frame I was in Afghanistan. And then as he got out, you know, some of the motions of, you know, just coping with alcohol and, and, and copious amounts of, of drugs and, you know, and, and how his suicide attempt. And, you know, I was like, wow, <laughs> that was the first moment I realized all of this stuff I was trying to keep hidden. Mm. I was alone. Mm. And um, I think the difference, well, I think, I mean, I saw the visible difference was, he was on a TEDx talk uh, show talking about how he had just graduated from Yale. And I thought, mm. huh, what am I missing here? And so I remember watching you know, him over and over and over. And then that led me down kind of the spider trail. And, and there was another Australian guy who, you know, Ashja, you know, who was describing again, these similar emotions. It's, it's nothing, you know, once, once you start really pulling it back, you know, war is war. It's horrible. Um, but what it does to the human mind, it's, 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 you know, kind of a, a same lane and, and how until you take the time to 
own it and address it and, and deal with it, you're not going to get past it. And so mm. you're not going to be just as easily, you know, kind of hit from it. And I probably could have maintained. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just glad that and it took a lot longer than I thought, like anything else. I failed at it and got it wrong until I got it right. But mm-hmm. um, I also not, you know, these days, you know, not holding regret. I could look back and say there were some mistakes made. And how mm-hmm. treating uh, a mind with ADHD or PTSD, um, that same cookie cutter uh, situation or scenario, it's, it's you got you to gotta treat them differently. And, and so, um, like I said, it was that therapist who I probably cycled through a number of them before I, I got the one I, you know, that really made some strides and impact mm-hmm. on stuff in my life. Um, I mean, and, from the get go, day one almost, you know. Yeah, that's that's unreal. That's the, and I suppose you could probably see a lot of things and just connect the dots, you know. Um, but sorry, I just wanted to sort of go on something um, that you did mention just before we jumped on. Um, now, back when you were in service, there was really no support for neurodiversity in this in the uh, well, like the uh, uh, special forces. Sorry, man. No, no, yeah, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I had a full blank there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say army, but I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just. So um, I, I don't know, right? I mean, I, I'm just now finding about neurodiversity within the last what three four years and so um but in retrospect of the, the work i have done um no it wasn't it, there was no programs there was no neurodiversity there was no um i don't think you you could get into it mm-hmm. i think then it, it kind of lessened up to where you can get into it if you had a a waiver to where you weren't on meds for six months well what's but, that right but out of curiosity sorry to butt in Let's say if you go back to that time when you were in service, do you look at some things now and go, oh, my God, that was why, you know, what were some of those challenges that you faced that you didn't really think about at the time? You knew you were challenging with some things, but now you've been diagnosed. What was some of them when you were back in the service? Oh, really? From, from, um, you know, I would go through electronics school. And um, it was one of those things, you know, military school is a whole lot different than, mm. than you know, what, what I would say most people are, are used to. And so you get uh, you fail out, you know, so there's different blocks and they're really cramming all of this, you know, electronics, hardcore, you know, kind of heavy stuff, you know, into a compressed schedule where you're also learning to to become a military member. And so it's everything structured and rigorous in the class. And you're on time. You're sitting in a certain posture and. And all of that, and you were allowed one time to to um, kind of fail a class, I believe. And then if if you failed it again, you would get washed out. And pretty much, if you failed at one, you know, you were just biding your time till they were going to find a way to, to to get you out. And so, I failed the block early on with my electronics class. I think that was a five month course or something like that. And so, I failed it early on. And so for the rest of that, my time in that, that electronic school, my back was against the wall and, um, just studying around the, the, the clock. And so as I look at it, you know, memorization for an ADHD mind's a little bit different, you know, mm. so, and, and that same type of mindset would, would continue on. And, um, and as I progressed, you know, I tried to mask how hard I thought I was working. You know, I, I, I said, this can't be normal, you know, and, and so I wouldn't go out on a Friday night. I mean, it would be from, you know, I'd be studying or, or you know, uh, trying to, to, to figure it out. And, you almost be burning yourself out just well, yeah, from back studying then, and that. Yeah, back then, um, and I can get away with, you know, a couple hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So insomnia mm-hmm. was, was something that I had to address also. Mm. And, uh, you know, that that all caught up. And mm. so, you know, the whole mindset of all I'll work you first in, last out, um, you know, kind of send me. I know that uh, I use that to, to mask a lot of, you know, where maybe, you know, other people would say I would fall short. But, you know, you come over the top on some other things. It's, it's really, you know, could hide some deficiencies. 
Yeah, interesting, interesting. We are getting towards the end, but we just have a few more questions to go through. But what are some of the positives? You And I know you've shared some of these, but what are some of the positives you've taken out of your whole experience, especially with your diagnosis? Maybe now, uh, you know, I think a big thing is your... Uh, what you've shared so far is you're you're quite open about this now, where you said you just didn't know how to talk about a lot of this stuff. Now you're very open and helping other people, I suppose, be able to um, feel comfortable in themselves as well. So what was your experience? I think um, ADHD allowed me to um, develop empathy. I can see other people that were struggling and uh, maybe they weren't as, you know, masked extrovert and didn't have maybe the charisma and whatnot. And so I could, there's people that I could connect with, you know, as I look back, um, I could say the discipline and, and the leadership instilled resiliency. Um, the one time I tried to quit, I didn't. And so once I made that commitment to figure it out, and it wasn't easy, right? Sitting here talking about it, it's, it's you know, I've been talking about it for a couple of years now because I had to. You know, when I committed to um, figuring it out, it, um, it was extremely difficult. And I didn't know what I was figuring out. And so um, it was just by, and when I left kind of the service, I was done. You know, I, I never thought that I would take up championing, you know, veteran causes, mental health um, as part of, you know, that project, you know, the career projection that I had, you know, forecasted for myself. But I had to. Mm. And, and so it's um, that is, I think, for veterans, the number one thing is you got to connect. And um, if you don't, I mean, it, suicide is rampant mm. in, in this mm. veteran community. And it's unnecessary. Mm. It's unnecessary. So that's why I, I say that, um, you know, like so many of us, I'm just following in, in you know, kind of the paths of, of what other veterans are doing. And they're probably doing it for similar reasons as me. They have to. Mm. It, feels like it feels like you haven't just taken positives out of this. You're actually contributing positives back into the situation. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, I think it's, it's, uh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, that when that went down in 2016, I didn't see that one coming. That hit me, and, and you know there was, you know, it, it's it, people near and dear to me that that were impacted by it, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's understanding it. Why did it happen? And and there's a commitment that I owe to people that believed in me, mm-hmm. um, and myself. I think too, right? You know, there's no one. You know, once those parameters and those barriers and that discipline was lifted, you know, mm-hmm. I, I went all Charlie Sheen pretty quick. Okay. Can I say, um, or ask, I should say, um, in the United States, is the government putting a lot of money into, say, veteran mental health, or is there anything, or are you finding it's a real uphill battle? What's it like? What's your experience been? I would say, yeah, the government's put a lot of money in it, and and we don't, veterans don't need, we don't need another dollar thrown at us from my perspective. Mm. When it comes to oh, okay. So they're doing a really good job. We need with acceptance it, yeah. by our community, right? Mm. We need understanding. We need people to get past. Thank you for your service, mm. right? They need to understand what happened out there, mm. and and they need to understand if they want to ask these these young men and women of, of, of this nation to go back to war. Uh, you know, it's it's when I say I would go back again if pressed, you really have to press me because um, I, I feel a, a lot of our, you know. It's not malicious, but the, the lack of understanding, the lack of acceptance mm. um, for a lot of veterans is is baffling. Mm. Mm. You, you, you were saying before the just before the podcast when we were chatting that there's a neurodiversity program now. Yeah, I was yeah. super happy to see In that. The military. Uh, uh, there's a there's a major from, from you know that that chimed in on that, and uh, I did a quick looky loo and, and found out that. Uh, that major's leading up a uh, uh, neurodiversity initiative, so I haven't had much time to. That's pretty cool. It. 
But I don't know if I've ever spoken to a major before. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wants to talk to you. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all is. I almost cool. feel like, yeah, my work is done. The Calvary's here. and, and you know, it's, it's about it's, networking. It's about connecting, right? That's what you're talking about before, right? It's, it's you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's you know, going to change so many lives um, mm. you know, kind of for the better. And I think, you know, if, if you know, kind of, you harness that ADHD mind, you harness that neural mind. And then, you know, the biggest thing for me was not making excuses, you know, kind of owning, you know, that your mistakes and you're going to make them and then you're going to have that ADHD mind, but there's such a misunderstanding of what it is mm-hmm. and, and how it impacts. So neurodiversity in business, right. You know, there's, there's so many initiatives out there and um, you know, this is, you know, one of the, the positive things of, Social media, digital platforms, and, you know, I feel like the, the neurodiverse community globally has united. Mm-hmm. And it's people like you uh, on this platform, giving, you know, kind of power of voice to, to people like me. I mean, I couldn't do what you do. And I mm-hmm. come in here and, you know, and, and, you know, kind of share my my story. And a lot of these questions that, you know, you put forward, forward you know, for, for me, they're the first time I've been forced to consider them, let alone openly. Mm. Well, I hope we haven't forced you to do anything. That's, that's, I think, the growth. Yeah, 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 that's true. And and I think as well, um, for us especially, uh, Kevin and I, we were sort of, before we, and that's why I reached out to you to say, hey, look, what questions do you want? Because I suppose there was a few questions where we're sort of like, man, it'd be cool to learn a little bit about this side of, you know what you've experienced because pe- people like myself and Kevin, we we just haven't lived that lifestyle before, and it is completely mm. different. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's if there's a takeaway that that can come here out of this, and, and you know, Australia and, and you know, kind of America have been allies for a long time. Is you know, war is war, mm. right? Throughout history, and, and it's going to impact. And so, you know, you you, you meet a veteran, you get to know him. You know, and, and realize that, you know, you eat a hamburger with them. He's probably going to have different thoughts than you. And, and <laughs> um, I think it's it's they want to be productive in society. We want to mm. be productive in society. We, we But, you know, it's PTSD. There's the stigma of, you know, kind of we're homeless and, you know, uh, just uh, there's a stigma that that needs to change, right? Mm. And so I, the, you know, how I act and and you know coming out here and, and talking about it, and I'm learning, right? Mm. And, and I'm failed, and I'm open with with kind of my, you know, we'll call them my learning curves. And um, what I've always had though is is people around me that I can open up to and mentors. And mm. um, for the first time, I've had to turn some of those mentors into kind of many therapists there's one of the groups that i i work with and, and support is um it's it's called frost call and you know what that is that's a video gaming group of veterans okay they oh, get interesting to play video games right but guess what mm. they're talking mm. to each other and yeah and so um, it's but, funny because but, i just brought like the new ps5 because i <laughs> wanted to i needed because for me, especially being in business and all that type of stuff, sometimes I just have so much going on in my mind that I got the PS5 just so I can get away yeah. and potentially connect with new people who I've never really spoken to before. So um, I, I got all wrapped up. I remember one of those software computer games on like Rome, Total War or whatever, right? And it consumed me. And, and I played that thing around the clock. And so I kind of like, I know my vices and I know when to, to step away. And so I never really picked up a video game. Yeah, there's probably, there's probably too much of a good thing too. But then my therapist is telling me, hey, you need to, uh, you know, not think about work. You need to think, you know, you need to think about, you know, maybe, what do you think well, about video gaming? And I said, ah, I don't know, doc. And so what I did was I I had, a, you know, somebody I met, I, you know, and I was introduced to somebody who was looking for, you know, the founder of this company, a guy named uh, Dr. Dr. Wesley, and um, he's a veteran who started this, and he was looking for board members. And so I said, you know what, I'll join the board. Mm. And, and so, you know, now I'm an advisor to the board. Oh, nice. Congratulations. So that's why I say, yeah, is I can really, I've got to, I'm the type of guy that, you know, I think a lot of ADHD mindsets, you got to put those parameters and controls around yourself and have other people hold you accountable or, um, you know, I'm going to claim, you know, Fortnite or whatever for, for 24-7. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. You, you, 
You can go, so I've actually recently had the pleasure of getting to know a veteran who served in Afghanistan, um, involved in liberating some fairly major <laughs> areas around there. And, Is that um, an Australian veteran? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he, uh, he um, I met him at a show. He came to see the band and we just started talking and I really encouraged him to get back into music because he's um, you know, at my age, um, which isn't a spring chicken. But, um, he, he, you know, it was clear he, he needed to express himself somehow. And some of the things, you know, just getting to know him, some of the things he told me that he's, he's done as part of his service was just mind-blowing to me. Was like that's a life experience I'm never going to fully grasp. Um, but yeah, and then he started a band and the band's going really well and he's a really great singer. He had a bit of stuff he needed to get out. So it came out well artistically. Oh, so good. in his lyrics and that. Yeah. 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 So, but just, just the focus for him and that outlet has really helped him. A lot. That's exactly what, what's needed. Right. And I think, you know, like I said, I, I came to you guys and I, you know, kind of watched you guys and, you know, there's, mm. there's a lot of podcasts out there and going on podcasts, mm. not my thing. Mm. But um, I really watched how you treated your guests and kind of how you guys were genuine and just truly seeking yourselves, right? And then mm. you guys, you know, took, took leadership and took the platform. Mm. And so um, I think, you know, a lot of veterans, you know, you know, they, you know, mental health, you know, you've been through some, some ADHD, you've got some, you know, some things you're going through. It's really the arts that, that you know, I think that yeah. really allow you to, um, for me, you know, it's, it's, I appreciate it a little bit differently, but I like, a, you know, going to the symphony or, or kind of, you know, it's, mm. it's really the arts and, and those minds, you know, which, mm. which you guys represent of the, the non-judgmental type. Um, mm. There's a lot to judge on veteran, but I think it's just that taking them in uh, and, and asking some questions and the genuine curiosity mm. is it helps, you know, kind of the, the veteran as much as it helps you guys. And I think that's mm. what we need to know. And at least here in America, we should not go to war again. For another 20 mm. years, mm. if the society doesn't know what's going on. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's it's what can I, where can I impact, right? Mm. So I think, you know, it's right here doing mm. this. And, and you know, I, I, I don't need to, I'm not going to have to do this for, for you know, the rest of my life. But for right now, it works, I think, for, for me as much as it does for, you know, the, uh, the people that um, maybe listen to me. And so that's all I try and, and, and promote because I know it works, is, is talking. Mm. Find somebody. Mm, totally, totally. And I think it's probably already opening doors for you, and I'm sure there's probably going to be other things that start to pop up. And So I can definitely see you going into some other really cool stuff. But I tell you what, we're getting towards the end here. Um, you know, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's um, it's, it's been a completely different topic to what we've ever spoken to about before. So... Thank you so much for reaching out to us and coming on. Mm. Um, to be totally honest, I didn't know what to expect. Um, so I've really enjoyed myself here. It's really opened me up to a whole different world and experience I've never lived before. But, um, you know, if people want to connect with you or check out more of what you're doing, where's the best place to find you? LinkedIn, right? I'm still getting used to this social media thing. So, mm. so find me on LinkedIn, and and I I started a company actually, you know, to, to keep it short, but um, it's a it's a data company, and um, you know, I really want to be a beacon of light to the neurodiverse community, right? Mm. You know, you come to us and you're neurotypical, you're gonna feel a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Not, not that bad, but I think you know, it's it's neurodiversity really is a global issue, and, and mm. you got to break it down, and and really, um, I think. Uh, technology is going to allow us to, you know, kind of band together and really do some some excellent things. If, if you know, as, as kind of leading in um, with hand up, you know, um, I went through some stuff. And if I don't watch out, I don't have people around me watching out for me. There's a high probability I'll go back through it. And so I want to thank you guys for um, giving me the courage to come on here and talk about things that I've never talked about before. Not a problem. No, thank, thank you. you. We, we, if, if we have contributed in any way, thank you so much. Um, but really, and I always say this, um, it's the people who we connect with, so people like yourself, who bring the best out of us that helps other people. So, no, thank you. We really mm. appreciate it. Fodon, John, did you have anything else you wanted to say, mate? Oh, just a huge thank you, Carlos. This has been great. And and you know, if we have had an impact, that 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 makes me feel great because that's what we we're trying to do here. But I, I, I'm really I'm really enjoying, you know, be, because this is such a different conversation. You know, find, really shining a light on the fact that neurodiversity is everywhere. 
people from mm. all walks of life and um uh and just opening up the conversation that's all we want to do so um yeah this mm. is a, this is a special one thank you yeah, well, you know, and, and sort of going on from that, it is amazing how, like, you've reached out to us and how many other people we have coming to us with all these different neurodiversity experiences. And it's sort of like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. So, no, uh, thank you so much for, for coming. It's been a pleasure. And, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hope, right? It's, it's it people like you that, that make it fun, make it enjoyable, and, and make it thought-provoking. It and, is. And, and instigate change. And so I'm going to fall back, and, and you know, you're going to be probably doing this again next week. And I think that is it, is, is keep kind of leading the charge and um, going forward. We definitely are doing it next week on Monday, to be precise, um, yeah. at 5.30 Eastern Australian time <laughs> for anyone who's listening right now. But Kailash, you were the man. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, oh, sorry, not listening, but for coming on and sharing your story with us. For anyone listening, thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe, like, and find, follow all of our social media platforms and check us out on theopenheartedsociety.com. My name's Will Wheeler with my co-host, Photon John, and this is the Open Hearted Podcast. Till next time.